Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to the Fabulous Forum, where we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 2 of Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. I'm Bankoli Mokwede, and joining me on this Lakers ride this season, some folks get high, some drunk, him, he likes to fuck. Guys, it's Chris. Welcome back to the podcast, Christopher. With, uh, <laughs> where did that disclaimer come from? So, what you talking about? I just, I just introduced you the way someone like you deserves an introduction. <laughs> in the in the great words of Magic Johnson, Irving Magic Johnson. I'm not. All I'll just say is, please don't be deceived by Bankuli. <laughs> I'm a wholesome lad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those who know know. And you are you are chomping at the bit to talk about this show as wholesome as yeah, you because, are because okay. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> Okay. Uh how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure to be invited on the podcast. Um talk about a show I like, so that's good. But yeah, I've I've been keeping up with you guys. You guys you guys do a lot of work um from afar. It's it's crazy to see <laughs> crazy to see how the episodes you guys manage to put out, but mm. cover a lot of good shows and just when you think you know <laughs> you're covering all the shows, another good one comes it, out. So, <laughs> bro, you, trust me, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, props to you guys uh, for real, man. Oh yeah, thanks, thanks. I mean, thanks, thanks a lot for the support. Um, first thing before we go in, anywhere into this episode, just a couple of disclaimers, guys. Um, as anyone who listens to this podcast, hopefully knows, like we are, I am, everyone involved in this podcast is fully behind both the writers and actor strikes. Uh, we are covering these shows in a like a journalistic capacity, um, mostly because at, at the risk of very rarely on our part um, self-aggrandizing, we like we don't think you guys shouldn't enjoy a coverage of the shows because of the strikes. But if any direction comes from either union, which can be interpreted as us as them wanting us to stop covering shows in this kind of capacity, we will do just that. So if coverage just randomly stops that's because we are trying to be in line and in solidarity with the unions um about this show in particular trust me we know like we know it's not a documentary we may talk about these characters and these events like fact and we know sometimes they won't be but we're just discussing the show in particular we we are well aware of all the brewer had has happened in the last (laughs) couple of years regarding this show so like yeah um but yeah, we're going to talk about Winning Time Season 2, Episode 2. We apologize that we missed Episode 1. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're back for the rest of the season. It's a seven-episode season. Um, if you're new to the podcast, thank you. Um, I hope you enjoy the episodes. I hope you stay. Please, please rate and review the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, there should be like a little star with a number in the bracket just underneath the, the follow button and description. So please just give us five stars. Please just follow us now while you're even there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Christopher, have you, have you rated this podcast? Uh, I'm actually not sure if I have. <laughs> yeah, you can just just do right now as, as I'm doing this, as I'm going through the admin. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review as well. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It can be good podcast. Just give the review and give the five-star rating. I can't explain to you guys how much that really helps us. That helps us get access to cover okay, these kind yeah. of shows in advance. I actually had done the rating, so. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a... a a what do you call it a legacy listener but yeah please please rate us on whatever platform you're listening on it really helps i can't explain how much um yeah i mean last few weeks we've been covering 
the summer movies over the last few weeks. Um, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you might know about our new film-focused podcast, Is This Cinema, hosted by Priscilla and Jess. For now, we're going to be posting those episodes on this feed just for the, for the next few months, just to get everyone up to speed. Um, yeah, in the last few weeks, they've covered Dead Reckoning. They covered um, Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer. We did a Christopher Nolan draft, which was quite fun. So you can check those out. Um, I also had friends of the podcast, AO and TMT, join me to talk about both Barbie and Oppenheimer and a bit on Dead Reckoning. So there is enough Barbenheimer content on this feed. So you can just check those out. I think all the episodes were quite fun and interesting. Those are two movies I really enjoy talking about. Um, Chris, have you, have you seen Barbenheimer? I have not seen either, and um, I know you slander me, but I'm historically poor with movies, so it might be a very, very long time before I see either movie. So, um, but that, <laughs> I, I understand. I, I you haven't seen Barbie because I know you have an, an agenda that women shouldn't be in cinema. That's a whole different thing wait, for a different wait, podcast. Wait, wait, but Oppenheimer is a lot of white men, so that should be good for you. <laughs> this is a public space. You can't be saying things like that. <laughs> um. Go see, go see both movies. I think both movies are great, but please go see Oppenheimer while it's still in like premium formats. And obviously, That's what everyone is saying, man. But like I said, we'll, we'll see. Just, I just can't do make it. Any just, <laughs> just do it. Just take an evening. Just, just do it. Just for, for me, just do this. You do this and just do it. Just that's all I would say. I was meant to, get, I was make a promise. I would have regretted. But just, <laughs> please, just go, go see Oppenheimer. Go see Barbie. Barbie is, Barbie is a fun time. Okay, let's talk about Winning Time. Um, this is Winning Time Season 2, Episode 2, as I mentioned. Um, season 1 came out last year, and I, if I remember correctly, I think I described it as like my most fun show of last year because I really enjoyed watching Season 1. It was just really fun. And it's, it's weird because it's become one of those shows, and this isn't great when you want to do an entire season of analyzing the show on a podcast, but it's one of those shows where like, I, very, like, I very quickly stopped thinking about it through a critical um, lens. And it's just like its success is based on how much fun I'm having. Like I, I don't think about the show the way I think about other shows. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like it's just like how much fun am I getting from this show? Um, so like, what were you? Why do you like? Why do you like the show? Why do you like Winning Time? It's funny because I actually didn't plan on watching Winning Time when it first came out. Not because of anything. I was just like, uh, you know, just other sports show. Like you know, people are churning out shows. Like I said, left, right, and center. So. You kind of have to be picky about what you watch now. So I was just like, well, it's not really a plan. But people kept on talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Like almost everyone I know who watches basketball watches. I was just like, ah, you know, it has to be doing something right. So I actually binged most of the first season. I think I started when they were on like episode six, I think. So I had to binge to catch up. So I mean, as obviously as a basketball fan who, you know, knows like, stories of Lakers dynasty, um, their rivalry with the Celtics and everything. It's a great watch in that regard. Uh, obviously, you kind of have to, <laughs> you have to take everything with a huge pinch of salt because, <laughs> yeah, as the, as, you know, they're quick to remind you, it's not like entirely based on facts. So it's just a good show. Like if you like basketball, even if you don't like basketball, just seeing how things were back then, uh, wild times, wild stories. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a show that you know you don't even have to be a sports fan to enjoy. It's just good vibes. Mm. I mean, you touched on something I was going to ask you about because you're you're a sports general generally, so people might not know, and I know you care about basketball a lot. How much? Like I, I am at best a passive basketball fan. 
Right. Like I knew these names. I didn't know the events. I probably didn't know, like obviously didn't know particular games and things like that. But how much of this Lakers era did you do you know about? Like Um, I would say I probably know more than a casual fan, but definitely not, you know, enough to be like an aficionado or anything. I've I've watched like for example ESPN had a three part docuseries on the magic Celtic rivalry in particular. Hmm. Which I, you know, which I had watched, and you know, I think every basketball fan know knows Magic Johnson because he's quite like a personable guy. His interviews mm-hmm. are great. Like, I honestly don't think there are many people in sports who give better interviews than Magic. Like you actually see the charm even in the interviews. So obviously, you know, I know Magic know less about someone like Bird, obviously, because he's not as out there in the public. So I actually mm-hmm. I knew a fair bit, but even me, like the, the, the things I'm saying where I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> you know, that's just crazy. And, you know, that was like a different time in general. So a lot of things are, are happening then you're like, this was happening now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the media, um, the media storm, it would be crazy. Do you, do you think your interest in basketball helps or hinders your enjoyment of the show? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think it really affects it. I guess maybe it might make me a bit more cynical about some things where it's like, oh, did that actually happen the way they're saying it happened or that, you know? But in terms mm-hmm. of enjoying the show now, nah, it's just, it's just like a really well done show. Like I said, I didn't plan on watching, but I got sucked in pretty fast last, um, during season one when I was watching. So yeah. 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 I think even if you, um, maybe you're like one of those people who old man, yeah, yeah, was a cloud type where like, oh, you know, this no, this not the basketball that I know. Uh, yeah, nah. It's, <laughs> I think it's funny because I think as just as someone, like I said, with this kind of like very basic knowledge um, from the outside looking in, it seems like obviously people's criticisms are more with characterizations than yeah. events. Like people are like, that's not Jerry West. That's a caricature. That's not Paul yeah. Westhead. That's not much, and less so about the actual events of things that happened. And I think, I don't think it's unanimous. People seem to be agreeable on like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Like just doing a bit of research, I see that in, so because I was like that, that whole bus thing that happened in episode one where the Celtics attacked. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, apparently that, didn't, that happened, but it didn't happen after game one. Um, I wouldn't say when it happened because that might be a spoiler for people who know about basketball who don't, who don't know like yeah. about that particular series but like so it didn't happen after game one but it did happen so it's like oh that's kind of like the leeway they, they take where like yes the celtics fans attacked the boss and that's yeah, the wild thing like, here spice it up. <laughs> yeah but it did happen after game one um or even for example so something nothing of note in the first episode i think when magic returned um not returns but when he comes on to, onto the court i think that happened i think it's after against the pistons maybe Obviously, for the, for the drama of this show, the media against the Celtics and Larry Bird and all of that. So, um, yeah, but like I said, we, yeah, we understand. We know that people say that people say like this is not how Jerry West was. This is not how Paul West. Was. That's fine. Like we appreciate that. We're just talking about the show as the show. And then for my own fun of it, I'm gonna have like a uh, what do you call it fact check corner of the episode just to kind of like say, oh, this actually happened. This didn't happen. Just I think it's fun. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about episode two, but quickly, let's do a quick recap of episode one. Um, we start off with the Lakers winning game one of the 1984 NBA Finals in Boston. Um, Pat Riley is the new head coach uh, um, 
and then we kind of fast we kind of go backwards to the summer after their win in 1980 so in 1980 summer uh magic is trying to make the team his own he's um he wants to depose Kareem, um, basically make him like a veteran that comes off the bench to, to close off games. Uh, both Kareem and Magic have sons in this episode, which I thought was something that was actually created for drama, but apparently no, they actually both have um, had their sons in that time period. The episode spends a lot of time examining Magic's emotional um, burden about a pain of his baby moms and not being in the kid's life. Uh, Jerry, Burst, Jerry Boss tries to make his children good at business and, and Monopoly. Um... Yeah, that was kind of like the, obviously episode one is a really long episode, but that's kind of like the main part of episode one. It seems like the boss children are going to play a bigger role in this this season. And again, I don't, like I knew the name Genie Boss, obviously, but I don't know about like Jerry, uh, so Johnny and, is it Jimmy? I yeah, think. Jim. Like I, I don't know about the, the boss sons. So it's been interesting to see kind of like how, what goes on there. Uh, but yeah, apparently like the whole thing about Genie owning like indoor tennis and indoor soccer and all of that stuff kind of was was a thing that happened maybe not all at the same time but within a like three years span um jerry kind of gave them those kind of um franchises anyway is there anything from episode one that you want to touch on before we go into episode two um nah not really i just i mean that's i would say the whole magic and kareem confrontation was quite interesting because mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> like it's kind of in a way, it kind of feels like you know, Kareem is kind of on his own in the team because he's like the senior statesman. Obviously, he's one of the best players, but it's like no one seems to want to say anything to him. And in to, to be fair, we saw that in the first season as well. Like, it was like you know, Kareem just leave him on his own, and then Magic yeah. is like the young guy who comes in and he's not afraid of anything. So, mm-hmm. I think it's only natural, like, even, even in real life, like, that's just the dynamic that happens where like the young um hotshot comes in and like the old guy who uh you know has been doing it his own way or has been like so or has been wildly successful is like you know you, you can't just come in here and do things how you want to do things so yeah that was quite interesting that was like a fun part of the episode like even during the uh, scrimmage that they had as well mm-hmm. um something i know guys i apologize actually i don't apologize there's gonna be lots of reference to football the real football the one that you play with your feet during this run because Christopher and I are both football fans. Um, but something that I really like from basketball, I wish, like, I don't know, I don't think, like, the teams we support, I don't think they do it in England, for example, but I just love, like, them calling Karim Cap. Like, I don't know if that's the thing that, that translates to football. As in them having nicknames for everything? No, no, them calling, like, the Captain Cap. Oh. Do you get what I mean? Like, just, yeah. like, like, are they, were they calling Harry Maguire Cap? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's that's also like a cultural thing as well. Like, yeah, I, I yeah, think exactly, maybe yeah. in the UK it will be seen as like a pretentious thing if people mm. call it cap. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those cultural things. And, like, I think I might get shot for this, but the whole ring state, whoever came up with that idea, he went off. Oh, like the cha- championship rings? Yeah, yeah, that that's one of the best parts of like. It's American so cool. It's culture. actually so fucking cool. Like, I I, I don't know if you. I the problem is that you can't do like because I guess you couldn't do what's the difference between a Premier League ring and a Champions League ring, for example. But I, I think we should definitely I mean, do actually, it. It's just, I mean, it's an expensive undertaking, sure. <laughs> I tell like what so. Who can't like the owner? No, I'm not saying teams cannot afford it. I'm just saying if you want to have nice ones, like especially now, if you see the ones that they make the. 
modern rings now for like mm. NFL NBA. Like, they're expensive. Like, you see each ring, you see like how many diamonds and r- rubies are the opposite depending on, like, on, on the team colors. So, how much do you think a ring costs? Like, one ring costs? <laughs> if I had to guess, at least maybe, let me just be conservative and say like 40 grand, maybe. Fuck. And it's everyone on the team, everyone Yeah, on that's the, the thing. Like, America, like, yeah, they go big. Like, so the whole, like, for example, let me go by um, American football. All 55 players get a ring. Then all the coaches on the staff get a ring. The owner gets a ring. Like, then a lot of times what teams do is that they now pick, like, maybe um, people, just board members or whoever to get rings as well. Like, maybe there's a fan yeah. that has been a fan for, like, 30 years or something like they might just give them a ring so a lot of times you see like an, an, an like a real ring they give a yeah, fan a real I mean like, like, not, like let me not say fan like a, I mean like let's say like a fan who uh maybe he's I don't know it's like it's like not a celeb like, fan yeah maybe like it's not not, not like a normal fan not like a normal <laughs> yeah, person because like, you can't give a normal person I 40 grand fan, just... but I should say fan maybe just like someone who has meant something to the franchise but maybe they are yeah. not yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. actually part of the team. Like, so a lot of times the, the, the team might order like a hundred and twenty rings. <laughs> like giving Jack Nicholson for it for the Lakers, for example. Yeah, m- maybe some, something. But like not that. So, not giving the random person that lives in like Oakland. No, yeah. no Oakland. That's Golden State. But you get what I mean. Yeah. So like they might order like a hundred and twenty. Let's say seventy or thereabouts will go to like players and coaches. They're like the remaining fifty or forty or however many. Are left now be shared out, you know, the owners, the executive, etc. So, yeah, because Chick, Chick Heron has a ring on this show, and he's obviously he's just an announcer, not exactly. just but he's an announcer. Oh, yeah, 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 and I think he was with them for like 30, 40 years or something. So, yeah. obviously, it's like, yeah, the voice. Okay, uh, episode two, episode two is titled The Magic is Back. It's written by Max Borenstein and Ronnie, Rodney Barnes and Jim Hecht, and is directed by Trey Edward Schultz. Um, yeah, it's episode titled The Magic is Back and it chronicles Magic's return to the team after his historic 100-day injury absence and kind of like his physical and emotional growing pains. So all of that culminating in the embarrassing first-round exits to the Rockets, I believe, the Houston Rockets. Um, let's, let's, let's start there quickly. Um, so I think us as sport fans, maybe now because it's 2023 or whatever, we might not pay up, we don't really pay much attention to like the the impact of the injured player coming back into the team and getting back into the team's group. I think this is the first time we're seeing that kind of reintegration from the player's point of view. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe, for example, I bought, like, two seasons of bowlers. I never finished bowlers. Maybe they didn't own <laughs> bowlers. But like, oh, like, but, like, this is kind of the first time I'm seeing it happen in this kind of level. It's like, you're like, oh. And obviously, from what I've read and found out, like, back then, if you had, and they even said this on the show, if you had a knee injury like Magic had, 90% chance you're not coming back. Or if you did, like, you were not the same player. Yeah. It's not like now that you get an ACL and you're like, okay, well, he'll be out for 10 months and maybe he can come back to training and he'll be back ready. In a, like, there's, it's more likely than not that you'll be back to the player you were than before. It's just like you couldn't even play again. Like, if you, if you got <laughs> that kind of injury, if you popped your knee before you, what they call it, before you got your contract, you, you had to go and, like, work at Costco because you were done. <laughs> Your life, your like life as as an athlete was just done. Oh my days! But yeah, no. What do you think about like that? Like seeing both, like Magic is he's scared of becoming of repeating the injury, so physically and mentally he's not there. But also emotionally he's not there because like everybody has new inside jokes. Kareem is going bowling with everybody. Like he's the old one now. What did you think of like that depiction? 
Yes, it was interesting because, um, like you said, it's not something that maybe you think about as a fan, like, especially if, like, you stop player, he's coming back as a fan, you're probably thinking, ah, you know, this guy's coming back to, like, the team. Yeah, like, everything yeah. goes back to how it was before. Exactly. But the team was actually doing well in his absence, which also probably weighed on him because he's probably thinking, and I think it's just natural, especially when you're someone as good as Magic was, it's like, I won't say you want to see the team struggle because <laughs> I don't think you should be, especially because th- th- that might affect you going to playoffs and everything. But mm-hmm. I think it's just natural. Like, no matter how much of a team first player you are or whatever, like, the team is doing well without you. It's going to cause you to start maybe thinking, oh, you know, maybe now my value within the team is... Yeah, um, you want to feel like your absence was, was missed. Exactly. So, I think it was an interesting dynamic. And then also, like you said, the mental part of it in terms of trusting your body again to do the things that you used to be able to do. So yeah, it was it was like nice to see. I mean well we're, we're on Twitter, happened. right? And then a player's coming back and like the fans expect, oh okay, like he's played ten minutes, he's playing fifteen minutes. Now it's time for him to like go back to like I'm like I I think we don't give them like we I, I mean this is just a general statement, but we don't give players as much leeway as they deserve. That's just that was just a general statement. Like, we're way too harsh on, like, athletes, definitely. But, like, something like Magic, you're like, oh, this guy is basically a shell of himself. And I, I think we don't, we just be like, okay, well, you've played 10 minutes, you play 15 minutes, you can run. So you should be back to the player you were before that injury. But, like, there's just so much involved in, in and I, even him recuperating from the injury, I, like, I, it was very noteworthy to me. And I, I don't know how much that still is now, but, like, he was so far away from the team. Like, he went back to Lansing. Even when he mm. was in um, LA, he wasn't with the team. And it was like, Oh, once you're injured, you're just not there. Like you're just not a member of the team. So like you don't even you can't even go to the dressing room and like like he should be bowling with them. Like he could hold a bowl, but he should be in the bowling arena. You get what I mean? He should still feel like he's part of the team. I'm sure that's kind of evolved over the years, but that was very noticeable. I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like it, you just be like a rookie again, just coming back into the team, coming yeah. new into the team. I think it also depends on like the severity of the injury and stuff like that, because a lot of times. It's literally just, it's fair, you've heard athletes speak about it, like, um, for example, KD, when he tore his Achilles, and hmm. other athletes, and they always say how, yes, like, the rehab process is very lonely, because literally all you're doing rehab, maybe like your, um, like your swimming to try and build up that strength, like, it's literally a lot of hours where you're literally just by yourself, or like, with your trainer, just grinding, and obviously, the team's gonna do what they're doing without you. So I think yeah, yeah, it does make sense if you consider it like, and especially back then, maybe um, medicine wasn't wasn't as advanced as it is yeah. now. So it's like you know you don't even want to be walking around to put too much pressure on it. So it's probably just best your another you know going back home to be with family, maybe where he feels more comfortable. So you kind of like go back to root, you know, go back to my roots and build mm-hmm. up that mm-hmm. confidence and whatever again. So. I think, yeah, that does make sense, but it's also a very real reality. Like, you do, like, when you're rehabbing, it's a lonely road as well. So. Yeah. I mean, so many, so many footballers as well just talk about how just like the mental side of getting an injury. Like, it's not, it's not that you're sitting at home and you're getting a paycheck for doing nothing. Like, you, you literally just, yeah, you just, you just don't have anyone in your corner. Um, should we talk about like, just quickly about like the Lakers chemistry? After obviously Magic returns and then Paul Westhead is kind of met with this um met with this dilemma. Do you, does he stick with his system or does he go back to kind of like the for lack of a better term, the free and f- free flowing basketball that, that won them the title? 
I think we'll talk about West Ham particularly in a second. But what did you think about just the the lack of chemistry that was apparent with the with the Lakers upon Magic's return? Um, I think it does make sense because again, as I think Pat Riley also said it. You know, we can't go into that list when he was talking to West Ham, but all these guys have their egos so mm. and i think during the i think during the team talk i think westhead said it as well when we were trying to get the team to buy into his system like mm-hmm. talking about how and it's actually true that's also a crazy thing and it's something that i you know you think about especially when you consider the gap between pro athletes and us or like oh. <laughs> it's like because literally it's like yeah at, in high school you're probably like the best on your team and then for some of you in college, like you are still the best on your team. And now it gets to prove that it's like, nah, like <laughs> there's a good chance that, you know, there are people who are better than you. So like just mm-hmm. that dynamic, like as good as they all, like, I think no, no matter how, you know, arrogant you are, you know, if someone is good, like they knew that magic was good. But at the same time, you know, we've been fine without you. Like not even in like a, you know, you're not that guy kind of way. It's just like we've actually been doing well. So it's like, why can't you now come and, fits into what we've been doing and see where that can take us. Um, so I think it's just natural. Like, for example, Norm Nixon, you, you can imagine that he was actually a pretty good player. It's not as if he was a scrub. Like, when when mm-hmm. they drafted Magic, it's just natural. Like, when to start thinking, oh, um, what's going to happen to me now that we drafted this guy? So, and then, okay, he takes the backseat to Magic because, you know, things are going well. Like, this is, I'm talking about Magic's first year and then season. Yeah, last season. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, so he, you know, he, he takes the backseat, fair enough. Obviously, in the back of his mind, he's probably still thinking, I can still play, but okay, you know, the team is doing okay. Now, he gets, it, it, like, the chance again to go back to pre-Magic being drafted where, like, he's mm-hmm. the guy, he's the point guard, and the team's actually still winning. So it's like, you see, like, maybe it looks different, but the team can still win if I'm, like, the driving force or whatever or I'm the point guard and now my magic comes back again so it's like having to accept that twice I think that's probably you know the toughest part as well like okay mm. so I, I did it the first time because we're winning but now that we're winning my way in quotes like you know I, I have to do it again so yeah that's a, it's a very interesting dynamic yeah I've been thinking a lot about like how that would play out in like a football term but I just think like what what does the manager actually do and I, I think and we can use to talk about, about Westhead and Riley. I think at least as depicted on the show, let me be clear about that. <laughs> a lot of like Westhead's decision making is from his own ego, is from wanting to prove that he's not Jack McKinney's like just second. Uh, yeah. Like he has his he's own lucky. ideas. He has his own he he can do it his own way. Like, for example, if what they were doing before was was Westhead's point of view or was his idea. Would he have been more accepting to like revert to that upon Magic's return, or would he have still said let's stick with the system because this is what you get? What I mean? I think a lot of it, yeah. it then comes back to his own ego, and and as someone like I said, I don't know, like I, I didn't know who West Westhead was before this show, but I knew I knew the name Pat Riley, right? You you know Pat Riley, yeah. so you always know that like that Pat Riley <laughs> um, rocket is, is coming up, right? It's booting up, it's loaded. So obviously to see him at the beginning of the season, nineteen eighty four finals, you're like okay. Then everything happens in episode two just seems like it's almost like a horror movie, but from Westhead's point of view, like the, the danger is coming. Like the danger is right beside you. The call is coming from inside your house. Like <laughs> Riley's about to take your job. But and then you just everything that and I think the show is making Westhead a lot. I don't know if again, I don't know if this is how it was in real life, but like they're making him make lots of dumb decisions. Or even just like decisions based on ego. 
So we're like, we can't see Riley coming up. Like we can't see that Riley is going to be the guy. Like Riley is doing one-on-one coaching with Magic. Like you're like, like West, it's almost like you're like, Wested, wake up, look around you. <laughs> you're losing it. You're losing the ship. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, as someone who obviously, again, like I said, you know, Riley is going to become the guy. What do you think of like Wested and Riley's relationship in episode two? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, as, as I keep on harping on, it's just egos and how they control so much of human interaction. Because truth is, um, Wested, you know, even though it's only because, you know, McKinney got injured and stuff, like he's led them to a championship. Like, mm-hmm. however you want to slice or dice it, that's on his CV. So, mm-hmm. moving forward, but at the same time, that's how it goes. Like, it's incredibly difficult to drown out all the outside noise because even though he won, there are people who are still like, ah, you know, he, he just took over what Jack McKinney had, you know, already built. It was magic who carried him. Like, that's always going to be, yeah. like, you always have naysayers. So, now it's like, okay, this is his chance to, in a way, like I said, in a different dynamic like magic obviously he's not going to wish that like the team does badly but at the same time you want to feel valued and the same way with like with Westhead he probably wanted magic to come back but he also wants to prove that I'm actually a good coach like it's not just because mm-hmm. we have magic that team is now all of a sudden good so I can see from like point of view that like if we just go back to the magic system people might feel you know okay you see I'm just along for the ride and that was, you know, kind of the thing that he also said that, you know, when he, the trade that he ended up, um, vetoing. Vetoing. He, he, yeah, he didn't want it to be as if, oh, you know, it's Magic who is making the calls here. So, mm-hmm. like, he, he, it sets a bad, you know, it, it sets a bad precedent, which you understand. But at the same time, everyone around him was saying, you know, it is a good trade, like, and it's tough to, like, damn what they say. Aspect, you know, the outside noise, like, oh, maybe it's Magic making the call. Like, if it's a good trade that's going to help the team. Like, you can't be too concerned with whatever so-and-so might say about who is really, in, you know, in charge of things. So, yeah, you yeah. can see his logic, but at the same time, you know he's using that logic to defend something that, like, is something completely different. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's using the logic to defend his ego decisions, but his logic is sound. Because you don't want, as a player, if you're Cooper or whatever, you don't want to feel like <laughs> Magic has Jerry Boss's ear so much that if you piss him off, he can literally trade you. Yeah. Like this is not Mbappe's PSG, so like we're trying to we're trying to keep things level. So it makes sense, but I think that you know that he's doing this because he doesn't want a third star on the team. He doesn't want someone else that like goes against his play, which kind of obviously spoiler alert happens for the end of the of of that finals or, or sorry, of that of that round in the episode when when Magic does the air ball. Um, yeah. I mean, all of this is then compounded with the fact that, like, McKinney wins manager of, this, of yeah, the yeah, season. So yeah. that was just tough. Yeah, I mean, that's also interesting as well because, once again, he's making some good points. But, like, I like the fact that Riley actually called him out. I mean, well, we don't know if this how the convo actually went. But, like, when he mm-hmm. was talking about how, you know, I don't want a dead star. Now, what if I tell him he needs to be a sports-up shooter and stuff? And Riley's like, I mean, you've never spoken to this guy. Like, you don't know how he's going to behave. Like, because end of the day... Yeah. He might just be happy to play on a good team and try and get a championship. Like, you, you don't know if he's going to be, like, a malcontent if he has to change his game. So, like, like you said, he was making valid points, but, like, it was just to kind of hide the fact that he didn't want to give up any control. And and I'm sure, obviously, he was happy with the fact that the quote-unquote system was <laughs> bringing them wins. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I looked up Kevin Thompson, by the way. No, no ring. 
Oh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I, I actually came up as well. Um, he actually, well, he had his, his playing career was actually cut short by like an off-court injury. So. Oh, I didn't I mean, see that part. Yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe, I mean, uh, who knows how, like, what's that thing called? Is it the butterfly effect? Maybe if he goes yeah. to Lakers, <laughs> it would never have happened or whatever. True. So. Um, yeah, I mean, one other thing I want to talk about, first of all, in terms of the show itself, what we've seen in this episode, is there anything you want to touch on? I mean, we haven't said anything about the boss children, but I think as the season goes on, we'll kind of talk, talk more about the boss family. I I should probably mention that like, I'm in love with a lot of performances on this show. I think John C. Riley is great as Jerry Boss. I've been saying this since what, last season. That I think um, Quincy Isaiah is great as um, Magic. Magic. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, you cast, I mean, if you've watched Air, the Matt Damon Ben Affleck movie that came out like this year is on Prime Video now. Um, if you've watched, uh, you see that they didn't cast Michael Jordan because just like casting Michael Jordan is such a big, and like you said, like Magic has this great interview. People know who Magic is. So like to cast Magic is such a big deal, and then to play Magic is an even bigger deal. And like I think he does so well as as Magic. I think Solomon Hughes as Kareem is great as well. I think a lot of I was really like episode one. I was really, really in love with like I was having so much fun with Devon Nixon's performance as Norm Nixon. In case anyone doesn't know, Devon is Norm's actual son. Um, so I was having a lot of fun, and then obviously episode two, he gets to do a lot, of, a lot more work in episode two. So I'm really liking him as well so so far this season. But I think like the boss children are going to grow. I think th- that plotline is going to grow as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, do you have anything you want to touch on from the two episodes? From the show, actually, for um, basketball, outside basketball, whatever. Um, no, I think you know. I think it's. I think we covered everything. Although another, this just a really, really minor thing. You know, uh, Chikern, <laughs> the fact that yeah. he actually gets to fly on the plane with the players is is, is quite interesting. And also the fact he has a, a new partner now. <laughs> it was <just laughs> funny because you remember how in season one where. <laughs> Um, that was what Pat Riley was doing. When was fisting? Yeah, he was like, he was like, oh, when I do this, just stop talking. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. But I think I think that plane one. I think I think press were allowed on the plane. I think that was like a press. Yeah, no, press yeah, no, no press are allowed, yeah. but like I mean, kind of like the fact that he's one of the guys, kind of even though he's literally. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it. He had he had a ring. That was quite surprising. That he had a ring. Yeah. Um, there's something I'm interested to see how he, how he pans out. So. We're in episode two now. We've already finished. We've already done a year. Like, we've done a year, episodes one and two. Uh, we're already at the end of the uh, playoffs. Well, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to have a whole episode about Boston winning. So, I'm assuming we're at the end of the playoffs. <laughs> um, and it looks like if we're taking what happened beginning of episode one as kind of like a pointer, it looks like we'll, this season will cover those four years up to ending in 1994 finals. Yeah. Which is quite interesting because it mean these seven episodes will cover four years. Meanwhile, last season, literally 10 episodes covered one year. So I'm just to see how that plays out for us. Uh, I think we can't make a decision until we've watched it, but like, I wonder if we'll feel shortchanged or would plot lines have time to develop and everything. Obviously, they couldn't spend an entire season with this year because we can't spend 10 episodes just to watch Magic do an airball in, in the finale. That would be a very, yeah, yeah. very stressful waste of time. So I'm just to see how they want to structure this season. Um... Okay, so if you don't have anything else, we're going to quickly do the fact-checking corner. Um, first of all, I so I, I apparently my research is sort of like um, Jerry Boss kind of moved Magic's return date because it wanted it to happen at the forum. So I think it was meant to happen as a, an away game originally. 
So you have to move at this forum. Shirts are real. Um, what else? Oh, apparently West Ted wanted to bench Magic for game three. But Jerry, Jerry Boss was like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> so I think they had only sold out like two games throughout the time that Magic wasn't around, even though they were winning. So that was why they made it such a big deal because they needed to like, it was a business decision. They needed to make money. They needed to sell tickets. Um, okay, fact checking. So 15 years from now, everyone will forgotten about Magic Johnson. Direct quote from Norm. He said that in real life. Yes. And then apparently after like the the crash out in game three, Jerry Boss, who was usually quite cordial with the press, went on a rant against the press. He blamed them for ruining the Lakers' chemistry because he said like they kind of, and Norm said that they kind of blew up Norm's words. And obviously we didn't really see much of this. We saw a bit, but like Magic had his own back and forth with Norm in the press. Um, I think in the week leading up to the final, in game three, we're talking about them being jealous. Um, Everything in the Norm Thompson trade seems to be what happened. Including like boss calling Magic to ask him about the trade, Westhead veto- vetoing it because it, when he heard about the Magic conversation, all of that seems to be like true. Does any of that surprise you? Um, not particularly. Um, also, it's actually interesting just because Magic himself has openly admitted how he was extremely close with um Jerry Buss. Jerry and <laughs> how obviously that could be a problem in the locker room if players think that you know what they say gets back to him or, you know, if he has uh, mm-hmm. um, undue influence. But Magic has never been shy about uh, talking about that. I think it's even funny because he made a joke uh, on the, I can't remember, I think it was on Shannon Sharp's podcast. He was talking about how, um, you know, he, he he basically framed it as how he was hanging with Busk. Obviously, Busk could show him, you know, what to do and how to kind of build his own um, you know, empire. empire. And he he phrased yeah. he phrased it as you know, I'm gonna roll with a billionaire, <laughs> as opposed to hanging with you know you guys who are <laughs> um millionaires. And you yeah, know, yeah. so yeah, so I, I, he's he's never been shy. But at the same time, it was probably a, you know it was probably a tough balancing act having to be like a team guy, but also you know the team thinking that you're also buddy buddy with the owner. So I'm sure that was something that. But like I said, the, I think Magic's charm probably helped him navigate mm-hmm. that better than most people. Like yeah. he, even you saw in season one how, you know, when he was bringing um Kareem his newspaper and I think a, a hot oranges or, I think yeah. or something yeah but yeah so like you could see that he was always kind of willing to like you know be get, be friends with everyone which I'm sure helped him um you know. Yeah, he has a he has a friendly personality. Yeah. He has like question yeah. for you. Do you know? Did the mm-hmm. fact check mention if that whole Michael Cooper telling them to hug and everything? Like, do you know if that was? Oh, true? I, I actually I didn't see that. I didn't check that. I didn't see that yes. in the fact check here. I'm just gonna take it. It was real because it's funny. Yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> I love to see. Yeah, yeah, like that was. <laughs> Cooper was like, and now hug. Um. So the air ball was real. I checked for video footage. I couldn't find any of like, the actual <laughs> thing. Well, I got this from the New York Times recap of the game. So in 1981, yeah. let me read it out. So it says, Magic Johnson reached into his bag of tricks and came up with air today, an air ball <laughs> that never reached the basket with five seconds left. Johnson, the charming young man who carried the Lakers in the game that clinched their championship last spring, had complained about teammates' jealous- jealousies this week. So that's important. But he gave them nothing about which to be jealous today. 
Johnson turned a, whoa, Johnson turned in a dreadful performance, making two of 14 field goal attempts and six of 11 foul shots, including two missed free throws with 30 seconds left. That would have greatly affected the outcome. So we didn't see that part. Oh, that's crazy. So, yeah. So that yeah. was kind of... Yeah, I would say two things about that. Uh, as I was watching, I just found it interesting because now... And it's something that I kind of empathize with the modern-day athletes about because with a lot of older athletes, especially nowadays with, like, sports talk media being such, like, a big thing and, like, every day mm-hmm. they're literally talking about it. And it's something that I, I, I get the grab from the newer guys. It's, like, with older athletes, only, like, their successes are talked about. But with, mm. like, the modern athletes, it's literally... If, I imagine if that happened today. Like, so yeah, literally, like, yeah. in the first round, after being champions, you know, you, you you get knocked out because you, you know, you make a... You, like, you shoot the air ball that ends your season, kind of. And it's just, like, literally... Like, I knew about... I won't spoil it, but, like, Magic had another moment in the future where, like, that was dodgy. So, I knew about that moment. But this moment, like, I didn't know all the details in terms of, you know, they mm-hmm. lost in the first round to Houston. And, you know, it was Magic who took the shot. Like, like, like you just said, he shot two or 14. No, yeah, two or 14, um, missed two free throws. Like, now, if that happened now, like, he would get killed. Like, you know, <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure maybe in, in that time he still did get killed, but it's like, no, in, but no, you're on something there because he would have got killed by the Lakers fans. Like, it's because of we've literally seen episode one where Jerry was talking about ESPN. So, like, is it impossible that like Golden State fans would have even known about what happened? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, literally, like, and that's in the same California as so, like, unlike now, they were. I can be like wherever in the world and I know what happens. Yeah. And like, you can probably watch the highlights and, and especially yeah, exactly. nowadays, you know how it is like, it'll be on Twitter and then, then the highlights will go like around the world. So it's like mm-hmm. everyone sees it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, I, I actually do get that gripe from, you know, the, the modern athletes. And also like the second point I was going to make is that <laughs> I like how the show phrases, like, sorry, frames it in terms of, Prior to the play being called, you see Westhead tell Magic, run my play. You know, a Kareem is like, you know, the first option. Then you have your second mm-hmm. option, third option, fourth option. Then like, and then just before he's about to get in, you now see Riley tell him, oh, you're the man. Which like, you know, <laughs> like we've seen him try and build up Magic's confidence. So like, yeah. So then, yeah, the show now kind of frames it like, is Riley in his ear when like, cause you see the options opening up. Cause at first, like, it looks like, okay, like, Oh, see, yeah, yeah, are open. Yeah. So, okay, maybe that's the right choice for him to take the shot. Then you now see, oh, Kareem is actually open. This guy's open. This guy's open. But then he now takes shot for himself. So it's like it's kind of now seeing, okay, so Riley now has like his ear. So I guess which obviously will play like a bigger role in eventually him becoming the yeah. head coach. And it was so, interesting so. to me because like all through the episode, it's it me. I didn't know how this series. I didn't know this was gonna happen in Game Three. So like you're like, oh, you can see the upward trajectory of both, or well, mostly of Riley. Right. And then you can yeah. see Magic is kind of getting back into form, whatever. So they have to game two. And then the fact that both of them are now responsible for the crash is quite interesting because you know that they're going to get back on top very soon. Yeah, exactly. So I'm interested to see, like, how do they get back on top? Like, because this is not like in a different story that was not fact. Maybe this could be the beginning of the descent, right? And Magic never gets out of this funk and it just keeps on going worse and worse. Well, we know he gets out. We know they get better. We know Riley becomes yeah. head coach. All those things. So it's interesting how, the, how does that happen. Um, I think it was in Magic's, one of Magic's autobiographies. He says like the play, he confirmed that the play was designed to get Karim the ball. And then mm. I think when he shot it, in the immediate aftermath, he was like, Karim wasn't open. 
but then since like but after that he said after watching video replays he saw that Karim was actually open so yeah I guess all of that is kind of like it might not be how it happened but it's, it's kind of like true yeah. Um, yeah I don't know I mean like any final thoughts before we, we head out of here um, the only final, or uh, the only thing I don't think we touched on is also Jerry has his eye on an old fling, which is like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like we'll talk about that more as the as the episodes go on. Yeah, so, honey. Yeah, that was literally the only other thing I would say. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about Jerry as the, as the episodes go on. Jerry, man, <laughs> that whole situation with the nanny last with his mom's um Kara last nasty season. work, nasty, nasty <laughs> work, man. <laughs> Jerry By the way, boss. did did they fact check that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't fact check last season. <laughs> oh my god. I think it's one of those things where like you might not know for for 100 percent facts, but like yeah, you it can't doesn't rule seem it out. Too yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just because can't rule it out. The nastiest of work, man. <laughs> oh my god. It's like say like did did Magic have sex with somebody on the couch when he was, when he had his cast on? We don't know for a fact, but we can't rule it out. Because exactly. we know, like, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I think that's a good place to end it for now. We'll be back next week on episode three. Ebuka will most likely be with us for the rest of the season, so these episodes will get more chaotic. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but yeah, no, we'll be back next week on our winning time, a fun show that I hope gets more fun as we go on. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts, Christopher? Nope. Just hope you guys will be along for the ride with us this season. Yes, please. Please, if you like this, please share it with your friends that are watching Winning Time. Please share on Twitter, social media, whatever. And join us next week when we'll be joined by the one and only Arsenal fan, Daniel Kalia. Bye, guys. <laughs>